Good morning. Welcome to the, or good evening, or whenever you're watching this. Uh, good. Uh, welcome to the MT for Christ 24-7 podcast. I'm MT Clark, and this is a special presentation of the uh, Celebrate Freedom Disc Discipleship course, lesson number four, uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's intended to encourage you in your faith and to uh, help you in your recovery, uh, to overcome your hurts, habits, and hangups by walking in the spirit. And uh, today we have a presentation uh, that we wanted to share. And so we're going to do that um, right now. Uh, let's share our screen and we'll hope for no glitches. All right. Um, it looks like we're good to go. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, we had we had a glitch just before this, so I appreciate your patience. Um, as the uh, the PowerPoint presentation now says, the holy it's the Holy Spirit celebrate freedom discipleship course number uh, lesson number four by me, MP Clark. And today we are. There we go. Um, we are uh, sharing discipleship principle number four, uh, where we are to live our lives being led by this, the, the Holy Spirit, not by the flesh. Uh, so we actively seek to know him and follow his guidance to glorify God and Jesus Christ by living a Christian life. Um, and the, the word of God in John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that I said to you. That was Jesus talking. Um, we have come to a point in our recovery journeys where we have decided to ask God to remove all our character defects, uh, our defects of character, and we have asked God for his help. Jesus told his disciples that God the Father would send a helper in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit has been given to all believers, but many Christians aren't asking for his help or seeking his presence or guidance. This lesson has been made to help Christians in recovery to know how to experience the Holy Spirit's presence and receive his help. God does not expect us to live our new life on our own power, and that is why he has provided every Christian with a helper, the Holy Spirit. And so, so where is he? <laughs> uh, the Holy Spirit is not just an impersonal force. Uh, scripture shows us that he has the attributes of a person and he acts like a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. Uh, he is a person. He is a spirit, of course, so that uh, makes him immaterial and invisible. But he is real, and interacts with the believers to help us to follow God's ways and to experience freedom and victory in our recovery. And where is he? Well, First Corinthians six six nineteen through twenty tells us: Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You're, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So we're, we see God, the Holy Spirit's in us, and we're to uh, use our bodies to give honor to the Lord. And we are to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 say, So I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of, your, of the flesh, but the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, 
so that you are not to do whatever you want. Um, those of us in recover have and <laughs> recovery have often lived in the paradox of doing what we want, but with disastrous results, or are in bondage to the things we no longer want to do. We have tried on our own to change, but failed. To have freedom and victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, we have to receive Holy Spirit power. And to do that, we have to choose to live a spiritual life. Uh, we have to walk in the Spirit. To do that, we have to know what the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit are. And we not only have to ask God for help, but we need to seek to find his help by doing our part in our relationship with God. And when scripture commands us to walk in the spirit, it contrasts the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit to describe what we need to forsake and what we need to embrace. Um, Galatians 5, 19 through 21 tell us about the work of works of the flesh. Uh, the word of God says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, which drugs, um, <laughs> hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's contrasted against the, the following verses uh, that detail the fruit of the Spirit, which is in Galatians 5, 22 through 25, which say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, the positive and negative emotions or attitudes stated within the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit show that the walking uh, show, show that walking in the spirit is more than just obeying rules with our actions only but points to a change in our hearts that transforms our entire demeanor we need to not only change the things we do but we need to change the way we think and feel about the things listed in the works of the flesh when we forsake the works of the flesh we receive the fruit of the spirit and it's an interactive relationship of freedom as we try to move my thing there we go uh, and uh of john 8 through 12, 8 12 jesus uh once again jesus spoke to the people and said i am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness but will have the light of life our lives are supposed to be an interactive relationship with God where we are accompanied and guided by the Holy Spirit. But if we live in the flesh instead of the Spirit, we won't know that the Holy Spirit is with us or receive his power to help us. The world and the enemy would tell you that casual sex, fornication, drug use, sorcery, anger, wrath, and drunkenness are okay as long as no one gets hurt. God's word tells us to forsake 
the works of the flesh and indicates that the enemy can torment those who don't. To be free, we need to agree with God and choose to show it with action. More than just saying no, we need to say yes to God and show the Lord we are following him to experience freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we move along. Um, we have to test the Spirit to know the whole, and know the Holy Spirit. Um, and 1 John 4.1, 4, um, the Apostle wrote, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because there's false prophets out there and, and actual demons. Um, the Holy Spirit's presence in us affects our hearts and minds to be able to transition from the works of the flesh to the fruit of the Spirit if we follow him. The reality of his presence can be discerned as we walk with him by hearing his still, quiet voice in our hearts and in our minds. But we have to be wise to not be deceived by other spirits that seek to influence us. We talked about that in Lesson 3, the enemy, demons. Uh, we, we learned about how the enemy tries to deceive, tempt us to sin, and accuse and condemn us when we fall. The enemy is associated with lies and sin. And if that's how we choose to live, that's who we—that's who will be there, the enemy. Uh, likewise, if we want to hear the Holy Spirit and experience the fruit of the Spirit, we have to be where he is at. Uh, the Holy Spirit would not lead us into confusion and, or sin. So where would we find the Holy Spirit's presence and hear his voice? Well, to know that, we have to know how the Holy Spirit communicates. We have to, um, so to hear his voice, to follow him, um, we need to understand the ways he communicates with us. If we want to hear from God, we have to seek him by drawing near to him with spiritual practices that he is known to bless. Living the life of a Christian disciple puts us in position to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. It's not, it may not be an audible voice we hear, but when we walk in the Spirit, we may hear the Holy Spirit through what I call communion, intuition, and our conscience. First, communion. It's more or less His Spirit, His truth, His presence, His presence and His truth. Uh, the first way is through quieting and appreciation. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit communicates with us is by giving us a sense of his presence. God is everywhere, but when he communes with us, we experience peace. We can find a moment of peace when we calm down and focus on our breath, which is God's first gift to mankind, which Genesis 2-7 points out, then the Lord formed God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed, his, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So that was God breathing his life into us. So when we focus on uh, on, on, on our breaths, and when we focus on the calm stillness found in his, that is available in every moment, anywhere in God's creation, particularly in natural settings or, or quiet places, we draw closer to God. It's his omnipresence. It's just in creation. We can experience it when we 
try to calm down and focus. We focus on that gift he's given us, our breath. We can have moments of peace and we can be appreciative of it. That's one way we can have communion with the Holy Spirit. And meditation. It's, no, it's not uh, that the first quieting, and, uh, the quieting would be uh, a more or less silent meditation, just sort of your natural presence in the presence, present moment. But this meditation is knowing the truth about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and reflecting on it. Uh, it gives the Christian a decided advantage in experiencing God's presence and peace and gives them the strength to overcome and be set free. Um, Jesus said in John 8, 31 through 32, if you hold to my teachings, you know, or abide in them or have meditate upon them, you really are my disciples. Um, and then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, in Acts 1, 8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me to the end of the earth. And you know, so we we know the truth, we experience the spirit, and that just that just causes us to go out and witness to the world uh, the truth. Um, the personal joy, uh, personal joyful or peaceful presence that is experienced in these practices of quieting, uh, appreciation, and meditation by Christians is the presence of the Holy Spirit and the sensations of love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that are experienced through these, these practices are the cultivation of the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit communes with us when we seek him, and he helps us grow. Another way, to, another way we commune with the Holy Spirit is with prayer. Uh, Romans 8, 26 through 27 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Prayer. The Holy Spirit is, is the one who helps us with our weaknesses when we pray. Uh, if we need to find the way of escape, resist temptation, or receive strength, we need to pray because the Holy Spirit pleads for us and he'll help us. Uh, so that's, you know, it's a spiritual practice. We ask for God's help through prayer. The Holy Spirit you know, uh, helps us in that as the word indicates so pray and then there's bible study second peter 1 21 says for prophecy never came by the will of man but holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit reading the bible the holy spirit is said to be the author of the holy scriptures for he moved the bible's authors to speak what was later written when we are reading scripture and a particular verse speaks to us or seems to take on a meaning or significance that it never held before, the Holy Spirit reveals this to us. He is communing with us as we read the word. You know, the uh, there's a verse, I think it's Hebrews 4.12 that says that the word basically reads us. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the part of the person that reads the word. 
Um, I might be misquoting. You'll have to look that up. Um, <laughs> next, uh, we move on to praise and worship. That's another place where we can commune with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Psalm 22, 3 sa it says, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. So, so speaking of God, the psalmist is speaking of God and that he's enthroned in our praises. Um, praise and worship. Sincerely singing praises to the Lord or worship, worshiping him at uh, church is another opportunity to commune with the Holy Spirit. While we are praising the Lord in song with our hearts, uh, we open the door uh, to communing with the Holy Spirit. John 4.24 says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Uh, and as we sing, the Holy Spirit will speak to us by filling us with joy, another fruit of the Spirit. Let's go to the next one. In, and then the other way he speaks to us is through intuition. Um, Luke 12, 12 says, For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour must what must be said. This verse speaks of the Holy Spirit teaching us and helping us to speak at the right moment. As we walk in the Spirit, we'll be moved to say and do things that will be consistent with God's Word to serve and bless others. The Holy Spirit will not lead us to do anything against the Word of God, but will guide us to glorify God. Spontaneously sharing the Gospel, praying for others, being generous, or performing acts of kindness are all examples of what the Holy Spirit may move you to do through your intuition. You get a idea. Hey, I got, let me pray for this person. Hey, let me tell them about the Lord. Um, believe me, um, <laughs> for me, those those good thoughts and good intentions were never anything I experienced before coming to Christ. And afterwards, you realize that's, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to do something, say something for the Lord, for his kingdom. So listen and follow the intuition. And, uh, and the next way the Holy Spirit uh, communicates with us is through con uh, our conscience and uh, leading us into repentance. Um, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, the first thing we may notice is an increased sensitivity to sin in our conscience. As we walk in the Spirit, sinful, selfish, or worldly things are less appealing. Uh, it ain't like it used to be. First um, John 4, 6 says, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not, not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We can discern good and evil um, with a lot more sensitivity after we come, come to faith in Christ and have the Holy Spirit in us to teach us. Uh, we are also transformed by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit to become sensitive in our conscience to the dark spiritual forces uh, that are present on the earth. Sometimes we encounter people that we can sense are spiritually afflicted or have an overwhelming spirit of antichrist. The Holy Spirit helps us to discern the spirits. And uh, I share 2 Corinthians 7, 9, and 10 uh, that talks about repentance. As it is, I as it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting, for you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. 
that's that's the Holy Spirit, you know, provides that godly grief, that conviction of over our sin that leads us to repent and to change. And as for discerning the spirits, some people are demonically, you know, oppressed, um, uh, afflicted. Um, you know, you'll see it, you know, basically, and we might call it mental illness or addiction, but people aren't themselves when they're, when they're out of their minds. And part of that, you know, might be their poor choices, but part of it might be very, very well may be the, the presence of demonic spirits um, tormenting them. So, you know, we, we get a sense and not only that, you know, that's the demonic, but um, sometimes it's um, people just fly in the face of, uh, of, of the righteousness of God. Um, um, personally, I was at a, a, a <laughs> I, I stumbled upon a, a you know, an abortion, uh, a, a pro-choice a pro event, and the spirit of, uh, of it, although they're, you know, um, advocating for choice, I got a, a very bad uh, feeling in my spirit, basically. It was like, you know, because they were advocating murder, um, you know, and I just felt afflicted. Uh, and, you know, by, I stumbled upon it and I was like, this just isn't right. And that's the Holy Spirit showing us, um, showing us the truth. So let's move along in our conscience. Um, we then, you might say, um, how, do you, how are you filled with the Spirit? Uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, And do not be drunk with wine, in, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 commands us to be filled with the Spirit. So don't get drunk. Um, our faith, that's one good, you know, that's one way uh, to, to, to get you on the right path. Um, our faith life is continuous, but we can sometimes feel we like we need to be filled with the Spirit. And we need his we need his strength, his strength and his power, his wisdom. In his book, Spirit Controlled Temperament, Tim LaHaye lists the following simple steps to be filled with the spirit. And step number one is self-examination. Look at look at yourself. Uh, step number two is you confess uh, confess all your known sin. You know you come to the Lord. Um, then you you submit yourself completely to God. Lord, I, I confess all these sins and I, I commit myself to you. Uh, help me to follow your will. And then, here's the kicker, you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Please, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And um, then you receive it by faith. Uh, believe you, uh, you know, receive his infilling uh, by faith. You know, believe you are filled with the Holy Spirit is the fifth point. And thank him for his filling. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for your the infilling of your Holy Spirit. Now, this practice requires faith because it is a spiritual infilling. It does not necessarily come with obvious feelings or signs. However, there's something out there called the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I won't teach on, but I have experienced. Um, I don't want to draw anyone to confusion, but I would say research it and you know check it out and ask for it. Um, so when we ask for the Holy Spirit's infilling, it's you can certainly ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say something like, Holy Spirit, come. And he may come. And if he does, you'll have no doubts about your faith ever again. 
um, you know, asking for the infilling of the Holy Spirit may result in wisdom, joy, strength, energy, motivation, and a desire to praise and serve, serve the Lord. Um, when we seek the Lord, he is there for us. So ask for the Spirit's infilling, you know. Uh, walking in the Spirit is trusting God will help us. Often those who don't believe in a personal God that interacts with us have great difficulty walking in the Spirit. Their lack of belief in the possibility of the Holy Spirit's interaction, infilling, in or communication uh, will tend to make them self-reliant. So not seeking the Holy Spirit's presence or guidance confesses a lack of trust. Walking in the Spirit is trusting that God will help and guide us when we try to live His way. And a simple word of warning. Uh, to be clear, we are not chasing ecstatic feelings of pleasure. We are seeking to be conformed to the image of Christ by following the Holy Spirit's guidance and directions for our life. Uh, we confirm any leadings of the Spirit with the Word of God and the will of God for our lives before we follow them. Uh, we got to be wise and discerning, discern the spirits. We are not to be led into confusion, but into a deeper relationship with and obedience to the Lord. And a wrap-up um, as we draw to a close. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, and he was sent to believers to benefit from uh, his presence and his, and his guidance. Christians throughout the history of the church have testified of the reality of his presence, of his person and his interaction to empower and to encourage their faith. Uh, the Holy Spirit calls us to follow the word of God and to be witnesses of Jesus Christ by glorifying him. He's not calling us to chase ecstatic experiences that lead to confusion and sin. When seeking him, we must be discerning. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through communion, intuition, and, con and our conscience. If we listen to the Spirit, he will lead us continually to seek his presence, read the Bible, meditate on its truth, pray, praise, and worship the Lord, and to perform the will of God for our lives, demonstrating a spiritual life of walking in the Spirit. The power, presence, and guidance of the Holy Spirit are found through a deep relationship with him, through his filling, and are necessary for continuous victory continuous victorious christian living and recovery the holy spirit's indwelling power can help us to overcome any hurt habit or hang-up and transform our lives well that's the end of the powerpoint presentation and the fourth lesson of the celebrate freedom discipleship course um, anyone in the Capital District, you're welcome to join uh, join us at Celebrate Freedom. We are at um, Star Point Church on Wednesday nights um, between 6.30 and 8.30 for any hurt, habit, or hang-up, or if you just want to be in a fellowship of Christians where you can be supported, be real, and, uh, and, and walk in victory and walk in the Spirit. Uh, I'm M.T. Clark. Um, uh, we, we appreciate you for um, listening or watching today's uh, program. And as always, we encourage you to check out mtforchrist.org, where we share daily encouragements of one sort or another, uh, Bible studies and uh, 
and just encouragement that a life of Christian victory is possible. Uh, it's just a matter of following the Spirit, believing and receiving what the Lord has for you uh, through a life of uh, Christian discipleship. So from, uh, from me to you, I say God bless you all, and uh, thank you for uh, watching, and uh, you have a great day.